Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 291, I have the privilege of welcoming back Lisa Bevere. And I looked at him and I just burst into tears and I said, Addison, I'm so sorry, I scared you. And I put him down on the bed, did not slam him into the wall, put him down in the bed, ran downstairs, hit the carpet and wept like a baby. And I said, you know what? It's not my mom's fault. She's not here. It's not my dad. He's not here. It's not my husband. He's not here. It's not the Sicilian. It's me. I have a real problem with anger and God, I don't know how to get free. And Heather, I wept. You know, you know, like you'll cry so, I don't know, like a, a cry will come so deep yeah. from the depths of your soul that it actually feels like you're empty. Yeah. I cried until there was just stillness that settled over me. And in the stillness, I heard the voice of God say, because you're no longer justifying this, I'll take this out of your life. Lisa is a well-known Bible teacher, speaker, and New York Times bestselling author. Her newest book is Strong Devotions to Live a Powerful and Passionate Life. Today, she's our mentor, giving us a pep talk, reminding us to let go of that guilt and embrace growth. And she's doing that through sharing her own personal challenges of fear and anger. And I'm telling you, I was really encouraged. I needed to hear what she had to say. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Lisa, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Oh, I was so excited when I heard I got to come back and be with you, Heather. Oh, you know, I've told you, I was so excited because I, I just think we need mentoring so badly. We're, we're weary, moms. We're weary at the end, not the end. I shouldn't even say end. It's been months of not just doing motherhood, but motherhood plus and teaching and cooking and all the things beyond normal. And so we're heading into summer and we just need a word from you, Lisa. <laughs> you know what? No, when seriously, when I was praying about this, I really felt that I needed to highlight two words. Okay. And one of those words was guilt. Mm, so moms do that. have a tendency to have this I don't know who gives you a list, but there's like a list that magically appears that's in your head that every single day it is weighing on you. Like this is what you must accomplish. And then when you go to bed at night, your brain begins to go over the list and you're like, oh my gosh, I yelled when I shouldn't have. I washed clothes, but I never put the laundry away. (laughs) And well, okay, let's take that back. I put away the children's and my husband's. I didn't put my laundry away. (laughs) What is that? Do we not value our own laundry? I didn't do this. I should have done that. I forgot to do a really cool Instagram post of my amazing life that I'm not really (laughs) like all of these things. And so there's this shadow of guilt that I feel like tries to stretch over mothers every single night when they go to bed. And what I want to do is to give you permission to push aside the guilt and celebrate growth. So growth over guilt. We are not going to listen to guilt. We are going to celebrate growth. 
So mm-hmm. instead of saying, I shouldn't have yelled, say, well, you know what? I didn't yell then. Like that time, <laughs> that time when I wanted to yell. Yeah. You know, I, I remember telling my husband one time, he said, I just feel like you're really double-minded. And I said, you know what, John? I am probably triple-minded. You have <laughs> no idea the things I want to say yeah. that I edit before yeah. I have a conversation with you. So I think so many moms have this really hard perspective on themselves. And I think that we need to give moms some passes, especially... Mm-hmm guys, if I had been homeschooling my kids, they would have been idiots. I mean, I have smart children because I did not homeschool them. So any mom that has homeschooled her kids, you are a hero in my eyes. Yeah, it's for real. And I think the guilt that I have been feeling lately now that, I don't know if other states are like this or other countries, but it seems like in our community, because summer's hit all of a sudden, people are forgetting about COVID. And so oh, yeah. there's, there's more things happening. And this part of me that's like feeling guilty that I wasted it. Is that Waste, weird? Wasted the time. Yes, <laughs> wasted the quarantine. Like I spent too much time worrying or I spent too much time on the Instagram seeing, you know, what was going on with everybody or wow. I didn't, I didn't declutter enough or I didn't play enough games with my kids. I mean, seriously. And you ridiculous. lost You lost your chance. Is that yeah. what you're thinking? Like, when are we ever going to have a global quarantine where the whole world shuts down? And now maybe I'm going to say that and you guys are listening and it's happening again. But <laughs> this is what... Like September. September right. September is going to happen and it's gonna, we're all going to do it again. But that is where I, I think more, it's less about <laughs> my screwed perspective of reality. It's just that I can't even rest in what was, you know, giving myself a break that... We did the best that we could and unprecedented is the word everyone's using, but something that had never happened before. That's true in motherhood every year. You have never mothered. I've never mothered a 14 year old before. So I got to give myself great. You know what I mean? Like no, the you guilting know what? of that, things that we've never done before. And that is, I think one of the biggest, most important conversations. I remember when my oldest son who is now uh, a father of four and oh. an amazing Christian and an author. I remember when he was 11, he started acting really different. And I had to sit down with him and said, Addison, I have never had an 11 year old before. I need you to help me. Because it used to be when they'd come and say, do I have to take a bath? I would say, come here. And I would smell them. And I'd say, (laughs) yes. Or I'd say, no. But now when they're 11, and I'm like, wait, yes, you have, you think you have to take a shower. He would take it like a personal affront that I had just devalued him as a human, not that his <laughs> underarm was stinky. And so I had to say, okay, let's step back. You know, this worked when you were 10. It, it was okay. Why is this not working? So you got to tell me because things are changing. And, and I do think that we all have this internal I need to do it better. I need to accomplish more. I need, I need, I need and, and I'm just going to say as somebody who is entering, hallelujah, into 60, Woo! I know Let's that there are started. I know that I look back and I think that was a blessed blur. Hmm. Why did I put so much pressure on myself? Why? Why didn't I just enjoy it more? You know, and again, you know, Heather, I didn't live in your world. People were not 
showing me their decluttered closet. And I certainly wasn't showing anybody my cluttered one. So I didn't have to feel guilty about so many things that so many young mothers are feeling guilty with right now. And so I think that it's time to focus. What is going to be important coming out of COVID, going into the summer? What is going to be important? Enjoying yourself as a family, developing thankfulness, weaving faith back into our dynamic because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what it's going to look like. We do know who God is. We do know he is faithful. We do know we're at the end of our capacity, which is actually a great place to be. It's not a fun place to be, but when I come to an end of myself, that's when I find him. And because I really can't do it. Heather, I can't remember. How many kids do you have? Four boys. Four. Oh, that's twinning. Why did yes. I forget that? Yes. Okay. yes. So, so when I had two kids, I have to be honest with you. I was kind of like, yeah, I got this figured out. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I had my third, I remember thinking, oh, this is a totally different story. And I heard God say to me, you cannot do this in your own strength. You yeah. will fail. You mm -hmm. cannot do one-on-three. Because my husband was traveling all the time. You cannot do one-on-three. You are going to have to do it my way. And you are going to have to give up some of this control and try folding the underwear and bleaching the grout with the toothbrush, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It needs to stop. Nobody cares. Oh, <laughs> man. It was the truth. Hey, y'all, I'm excited to connect you with one of our new sponsors. It's Go Macro. They're a mother-daughter-owned company based in a rural community, and their mission is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle with products that have a positive effect on the world. And for this summer, maybe you are hitting a pool or going on a hike and you want a great plant-based option to eat on the go, well, let me tell you about Macro Bars. They come in 15 mouth-watering flavors, and they're packed with 100% plant-based ingredients. They are organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free, and they have three options that are nut-free, oatmeal chocolate chip, maple sea salt, sunflower butter, and chocolate. You've got to go on their website and check them out. And bonus... If you go to gomacro.com, use the promo code DMA for 30% off your order, plus free shipping if you spend over $60. So that's gomacro.com. Use the code DMA to get 30% off your order. All right, let's get back to my chat with Lisa. Here we go. But you're such a strong person. Like to me, like you're, what did you say? An Italian grandmother? Yeah. You said that before? Yeah. Sicilian. So, Sicilian. Yes. That's, so, that's more frightening. <laughs> so I see like you struggling to have strength is surprising to me. Yeah. So here's, and I can't remember if we ever had this, this conversation, but so here's what happened. I lost an eye to cancer when I was five. I grew up afraid of everyone and everything. Mm. I grew up trying to hide and I got out of things that I needed to actually face. I had them waive the requirement for typing when I was in high school because back in the day we had the typewriter in front of us. We turned our head to the side. I, I was like, I don't even know if my hands were on the keys. I got out of speech. I mm. said, I have one eye. 
I'm handicapped. You can't make me get up in front of people. This is cruel and unusual. I got out of speech. I got out of debate. I got out of typing. And I just have to think that God was laughing. I was not a Christian, but I remember thinking, yay, I can, I can hide from all of my fears. And I really feel like God was like, for now, but you're going to have to face these things because Lisa, I want you to be fearless. And so what happened was instead I said, no, 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 this is what's going to happen. I'm going to marry a man who is fearless and then I'll just be in his wake and I can just hide behind him and it'll be easy. But what happened was systematically God began to dismantle all of my excuses. And it wasn't until my second son was born that I had to face off with my living fearful, living in complete, to be, to be honest with you, I, like if you had told me that I would be a minister and I would ever stand up in front of people or write a book, I would have just vomited on you. It would have been so terrifying. So I was not like, oh my gosh, I have so much to contribute to this world. I was like, I'm surviving. But what happened was, Heather, I started to hear my second son say out loud the fears that were in my head. He would say things like, I can't do that. And I'd be like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You're my child who was riding a bike without training wheels at two, not two and a half, two. Who told you you can't do that? And Heather, he looked at me like, what do you mean? And I remember going to God and saying, God, I don't understand. Why is, why is Austin fighting these fears? And he said, Lisa, he's fighting the fears you have not conquered yet. And he Mm -hmm. said, our children inherit one of two things, either my promises or your fears. And he said, you need to face off with these things. And so Heather, I actually leaned into that process because of my son, Mm -hmm. not because of me. So no, I don't think that I ever saw myself as strong. I just kind of came to the place where I realized in my weakness, he is strong. And I've watched God take every weak place in my life and inhabit it with his strength. And for the person who's listening, who that resonates so much, like they have those fears, they hear the fears coming out of their child's mouth. And you're saying you identified those fears and you found his strength. What did that look like? Like, what would that process look like for them if they wanted to start dealing with some of their fears? Well, I had to get really honest because I just was um, angry all the time. Hmm. And Heather, what happened was I used anger as a mask for my deeper issue. My deeper issue was fear. And my deepest issue was unbelief. Hmm. And I didn't understand how fear and unbelief work together. Because Hmm. if you had met me back then, let's say we're both we were both sitting together at the same age. And you said, Lisa, I'm just really going through it right now. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. My kids are making me crazy. I, you know, I would grab your hands, Heather, and I would pray and I would believe with full passion and full confidence that God would be whatever you needed to him to be. Because I could believe for you because I believe that God was good for Heather. I just didn't believe that God was good for Lisa. Because Lisa had known disappointment and Lisa 
had lost an eye, had an alcoholic father, had parents that didn't divorce once, but twice. They divorced, mm. remarried, divorced again. Uh, so I had known a lot of brokenness and I was measuring God's faithfulness in my future by where I had experienced in my past. Mm. And so I, I, I kind of sat down and I thought, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm so fearful. And then I started to read in the book of Hebrews where it talked about a wicked heart of unbelief who turns on the living God. And I thought, wait a minute, unbelief, what, what's going on? Do I believe that God is good for everyone, but not for me? Yes, I did. I had to just be honest. God, I feel like you, I feel like you talk to everybody and not me. I feel like you follow through with everybody and not me. I feel like you're the provider for everybody, but not me, which Heather, you know, I, I mean, I feel like I should be slapped for saying those things. Because we, we were taken care of. We just weren't taken care of in the timeline. I thought we should be taken care of. And I remember going into the scriptures and saying, all right, I'm going to take off all these limits all these little things I thought I put in place to protect myself, they are faulty. They are faulty. They are failing me. And God, I'm going to give you permission to go deep into my life. And, and I do remember my choice of words was probably not the smartest choice of words. <laughs> I gave him permission to excavate my life. Mm. Two weeks later, I was like, hey, I meant to say landscape. <laughs> I meant to say, accessorize. This is so painful because now all of a sudden these things were coming to the surface. I'm yelling at my husband. I've got a temper like I could not believe. You know, so what? What might have been once a quarter now was once a month. Then it was twice a month. Then it was every week. Then it was every day. And and it felt like this birth pangs of some scary. Tyrannosaurus Rex that was going to come out of me as a person. And I didn't know what to do. And it was God bringing something to the surface that needed to be dealt with. And part of my problem was I had grown up uh, emotionally and physically abused by my mother. Mm -hmm. And I didn't forgive her for some of that, Heather. Mm -hmm. And I have found that what we don't forgive in other people comes back to visit us later. Yeah. We can't and shove it down forever. It comes no, out. Yeah. Can't. And so what happened was when I had my second son, I found myself completely uh, feeling like a crazy woman. I, you know, had my husband coming home every day saying, what'd you do all day? The house would be a wreck. I had my nursing flaps down, a baby in my arms, <laughs> another one on my legs. And I'd say, I don't, I don't know, but mm -hmm. I was busy. And one day I just snapped and I almost hurt my son. I remember, and this is just God, just God's mercy. Um, I remember storming up the stairs with my son Addison, and I had him eye level over the bed, and I thought, what can I do? So he stays on his bed during your nap time. You know, like it was right, like a right, screaming, right. screaming person in my head. And I, I thought I heard slam him into the wall and put him down on the bed. Then he'll know that means stay on the bed. So I lifted my son eye level, and right before I slammed him into the wall, I saw something I'd never seen before. Heather, he was not afraid of what I was going to do. He had no idea. And I had never, you know, been abusive. He had no idea what I was going to do. He was afraid of me because he saw this hate and anger and frustration in my eyes. And when I saw myself reflected in my son, so it was the craziest thing. I remembered that every time I was hit, 
Every time I was slapped, every time I was kicked, I made myself a promise and it went like this. I will never treat my children this way. And I looked at him and I just burst into tears and I said, Addison, I'm so sorry. I scared you. And I put him down on the bed, did not slam him into the wall, put him down in the bed, ran downstairs, hit the carpet and wept like a baby. And I said, you know what? It's not my mom's fault. She's not here. It's not my dad. He's not here. It's not my husband. He's not here. It's not the Sicilian. It's me. I have a real problem with anger. And God, I don't know how to get free. And Heather, I wept. You know, you know, like you'll cry so, I don't know, like a, a cry will come so deep yeah. from the depths of your soul that it actually feels like you're empty. Yeah. I cried until there was just stillness that settled over me. And in the stillness, I heard the voice of God say, because you're no longer justifying this, I'll take this out of your life. And he said to me, what you justify, you buy. You say, I've earned the right to be this way because of what's been done to me. And he brought an incident to my mind. There was one always on the forefront of my mind of when I was seven with my mom. And I realized that what my mom had done to me, I had almost done to my son. So I called her crying, forgive me for never forgiving you for that one particular incident. I didn't even want to tell her it. And she just started crying. And she said, that's the one thing I've never been able to forgive myself for. But there's a reason for that. The sins that we retain, they're retained. And the sins that we remit, they are remitted. That is one of the greatest privileges that we have as daughters of the Most High God and mothers. And that is to stand in the gap of generations of abuse and neglect And instead of judging our moms and saying, you know, you were a loser mom, say, I forgive. Mm -hmm. I forgive. And I don't know what I thought, Heather. I don't know if I thought that if I forgave my mom, she'd be able to hurt me again. I don't know what. But that was the beginning of the shift for me. When I forgave my mom, I could forgive myself. Mm -hmm. And when I forgave myself, I stopped reading the list every night. And everything shifted for me. And I started to see that that unforgiveness, that fear, that unbelief had woven a trap for me. And I just began to walk out of it. I never would have thought that my movement from a place of weakness to strength was tied to unforgiveness, but it was. Y'all, I love this month's sponsor, Sunbasket, so much that even after the free trial they gave me, I have signed up and have been receiving dinners every week since. They're that delicious. And my husband kept commenting on how yummy they were that I thought, well, this is simple. The food shows at my door. I don't have to go all through the grocery store to get it. Everything in it has been super healthy with vegetables, organic vegetables, really delicious sauces and protein. And... It's simple. Like I don't spend more than 15 minutes prepping a dish. It's fantastic. And so I want you to be able to try it out. Here's some examples if you're curious from one of the menus. Hoisin steak strip lettuce cups with pickled daikon and carrots. Roasted salmon with miso glazed eggplant. Black bean tostada diablo with cabbage slaw and wait for it guacamole. If you want to try this out, go to sunbasket.com slash DMA and enter the promo code DMA and you're going to get $35 off your order right now. 
That's sunbasket.com slash DMA. Enter the promo code DMA at checkout for $35 off your order. Sunbasket.com slash DMA with the promo code DMA. Goodness, Lisa. That's a holy moment right there. For real. Thank you. I most welcome. I know that that was for a person. Um, and I know God can use it for more, but to me, what you just described is kind of what happens when our soul is so caught up in a relationship with another person, Mm. mom and, and all Mm. of that, that we can't be fully available to believe in God. And Mm. so that unbelief is, is tied up in that unforgiveness. You're right. And uh, you just laid it out. So so, so well. And what I think your answer to my question is, is that if a person is experiencing those fears or seeing that anger, that's when you lean into God and he will reveal and he is faithful, even though it might be a painful process. He is gentle and kind to complete it if we allow him access to Mm -hmm. that and to do the work of repairing relationship and moving forward so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit to the, to the fullness of strength that he offers. But if we're spending so much energy on that past wounding and situation, we can't be fully available to move forward in the freedom he's offering. So I feel like that story was really... You know, I, had, I, I did not come to this interview thinking I was going to tell that. But you know, no. I want to say this, Heather... I love that you said it's, it may be painful, Yeah. but here's the thing. It's like whether it's a perpetual pain yeah. or it's a one-time pain. It's painful in the moment, Yes. but it, God always wounds to heal. Yep. He doesn't wound to shame. He doesn't wound to, you know, and, and for me, I think that sometimes we get super excited about supernatural signs and wonders. I mean, I would love to see dead people raised and blind eyes seeing and deaf ears. And and I have seen God do some of those things. But I do think one of the most supernatural things any of us can ever do is to forgive people we don't think deserve it. Yeah. And that is what makes the change. And, you know, whether it's, uh, I'll, I'll just say mamas, usually the person you need to forgive that you don't think deserves it is yourself. Mm. And so mamas can be very hard on themselves. And then if they don't, if they don't experience that, you know, growth rather than guilt. And I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna let the mercy of God be new every morning for me. I'm going to let his love and his goodness envelop me. If they don't do that, then what happens is it gets so uncomfortable that you end up saying things that you don't mean to your husband and to your children. I grew up hearing things like, I'm so sorry that I hit you, but you make me so angry. So what I actually heard was, you're the problem. We don't ever want to do that. And if we did do it, just say, I listened to a crazy woman today. <laughs> who was on Don't Mom Alone, and I realized I've gotten in a pattern. And this is what I have found about my, my kids, because people come to John and I all the time, and they're like, oh my gosh, you have four boys, fully grown, love God, look normal, uh, you know, serve in the ministry, travel, all of them can preach. What did you do? What did you do? You must have done so many things right. And, and, and I'm just going to be 100% honest. It wasn't the so many things that we did right. 
It was owning the things that we did wrong. Hmm. When we came to our kids and we said, man, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry I talked to your dad that way. So sorry I was harsh with you. So sorry I shared that thing, my frustration with the pastor at the dinner table. You know, I'm so sorry I brought you into this, or I'm so sorry I did that, or so sorry I was unattentive. Humility makes people feel safe. Pride does not. Hmm. So pride usually comes with blaming, and humility usually comes with, man, forgive me, I am... I don't want to do it this way. I want to grow and uh, forgive me for doing that. And our kids, they just were like, yeah, we know it was wrong. We're really glad you know it's wrong. I mean, that's basically <laughs> the interchange. Yeah. No, I think that you're making a good point of like, this isn't just a apologize and keep going with the same behavior, but like a real humble apology and change to move forward and grow. I love that you said, I mean, there's guilt for you actually did something wrong, right? That's typically guilt. I think sometimes as moms, we add guilt for something we didn't actually do wrong. It was just a, like you said, that whole list that we hold ourselves to that's impossible. We didn't do anything wrong. We just feel like we should have done more. And that's more right. a shaming. And, 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 yeah. and maybe, maybe they did one thing wrong, but yeah. they 10 things on the list. Yes, exactly. You know? And if it wasn't actual wrong, then make the wrong right, like you're saying, and go yeah. to your people. Yeah. And if it's not, then you need we need to embrace a different narrative. Like, Well, different and, and I guess story. I thought I was better at punishing myself. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird, Heather. Nope. But I did those like, I will confess this and let God forgive me once I have felt sufficiently guilty. Mm. Like if I can feel guilty about this for three days, that will keep any future infractions from happening. But that's Uh, like a little game we play. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. I'm just going to tell you it it doesn't work. And, and then you think, well, I don't deserve to be forgiven. Welcome to the club. Nobody deserves <laughs> to be forgiven. And I do think sometimes the church has done a disservice on some of their theology. I think we've mixed the terms grace and mercy. Mm. So mercy is when I do not get what I deserve. Mercy is what triumphs over judgment. Mercy is when I'm like, I am an idiot. And God's like, yes, you are. <laughs> and I forgive you. <laughs> So, but grace is an empowerment to walk in relationship. So having the grace of God, we say no to sin. Having the mercy of God doesn't fit into that. So we are graced with things and we are graced for things. But mercy is just like, y'all are not getting what you deserve. You know, that is the, I do not condemn you is the mercy. And then the grace is the go and sin no more. I'm going to empower you to leave a life of the shadows and shame and condemnation, whatever that looks like. But I do think sometimes the place where that happens is alone in the presence of God. And mamas don't always take that time. That is why God talks to them so much in the shower. But (laughs) (laughs) what shower? What are you talking about? Shower? Yeah. No. Yeah. If if you get the shower, do I need a shower? Can I? How many days can you dry (laughs) shampoo your hair? (laughs) Has there been research done on that? I don't know, but but yeah, yeah. I I hear you. Yes, I think that yeah, that 
one-on-one relationship, that grace to walk forward and sin no more, you know, and then again, the next day is the new mercy. Yeah. Right? Well, that's, we need a reset every day. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, you know, I do, you know, it's like, I need espresso every day. I need mercy every day. That's kind yeah. of two things they need to happen. And kind of as I drink espresso, I'm like, this is like an example of God's mercy being new every morning. But you know, it's, it's never ending. His love for us is never ending. It's never failing. And I love that he is God who is the closest to us in times of trouble. Now it's not, it's not like he like is far away when everything's going great. It's just that he is an ever present help in time of need. And so I think a lot of times we think we should have certain things figured out by now and, you know, Hey, give your all, everybody gets a pass on this whole unprecedented time. (laughs) You know, it's unprecedented in this unprecedented time. We need unprecedented mercy, unprecedented strength. And again, can't do it on our own. You know, David, incredible warrior, incredible man of God said, when I am afraid, not if I am afraid, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. He said, I love you, Lord, my strength. He didn't say, I love you, Lord, when I need strength, I'll come to you. He said, God, you are my strength. You're my rock. You're my refuge. You're my fortress, my high tower. You're my horn of anointing. I mean, he just, you read through the Psalms, he understood where his source of strength was. And I shouldn't laugh about it because it's not funny, but it kind of feels funny. Like everybody was like 2020 vision. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden God's like, yes, yes, it is going to be amazing. We're going to deal with all the idols in your heart, in your life. We're going to do everything that obstructed your vision and distracted Mm -hmm. you. And now you're going to see clearly. And that's a favor. That's a favor. That's actually God answering my prayer. I don't, again, the excavation prayer, I don't pray that anymore. But you know, when, when I do ask him to remove anything that's displeasing, you know, I do ask him if I have given the wrong time and energy and pursuit of a certain thing that he would remove it. And idolatry is when I draw my strength from or give my strength to something outside of God. And too many of us had idols that we didn't even know about. And an idol can be a good thing. Your kids can be an idol. Do you know that? Your husband can be an idol. Your job could be an idol. And God is just saying, let's just get the right thing, the first thing in the first place and in the right place. The other things are not bad, but they're not your life and they're not your source and they're not your strength. And so we're going to just have to bring some clarity on that. It's true word there, Lisa. It's true word. And so you had said at the very beginning, you had two words for us. Yeah. Word. You said guilt. And What's growth. the other one? Growth. Oh, growth. Oh, that's the other one. Okay, yeah. good. Both, okay, good. Both I was like, guilt people are going to be mad if I don't ask no, for the no, second no, word by not. the end of this. Okay, guilt good. And growth. Guilt I, and growth. Yeah. I think that you have encouraged all of us and given us a focal point for where to, to do that to not get stuck in guilt and to move forward for whatever it is for us, whether it is dealing with those idols or whether it is forgiveness or whatever is causing fears to rise up or whatever, a depression to rise up, whatever uh, emotions that 
are holding us back from living in freedom and fullness uh, in our motherhood and our families and our lives and our communities that we would seek God and say, God, what is it? What is blocking my vision? What is blocking my belief? Will you deal with it? Not excavate it. We're not going to say that, but will you help me uh, landscape? It works. It works. It works. It worked a work of righteousness. It was just kind of like a fast track. It was not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could say weed. 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 <laughs> well, Lisa, we appreciate you coming on the show today, and I will definitely be pointing people to all the things. Uh, you've got even more new things coming out uh, in the end of the summer, and the strong devotions, 90 days of devotions, so helpful to kind of keep our hearts fixed on the fact that we are strong because of who God is and the different ways he has equipped us. So um, we appreciate you putting that out there and really, truly inspiring us today. I thank you for sharing your stories and your heart. Absolutely. And, and this is like woven into this book mm. because I really do believe we're only as strong as our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And, you know, Jesus is, is very clear on that. And so this is not a time to shy away from the hard conversations. This is only a test so we can find out uh, what we know, what we thought we knew that we don't know, and, and we can grow. And God sends tests and trials to bring out the best in us. He doesn't do it to punish. He does it to train and discipline. Well, we're, we're training for something big. <laughs> thinking we got something big, better be something big on the other side of this yeah but thank you thank you thank you and always appreciate your insight and wisdom so i hope we can chat again soon i'd love that all right have a great day wow right Whew. uh if there's one thing i've sensed from a lot of people is fear is running rampant division fear pain. And I think turning back to the cross, remembering where our strength comes from and allowing God to grow us in this hard place instead of staying stuck in guilt is how we move forward. I'm going to pray over us in light of all that Lisa just said. Lord, we confess that in moments of insecurity or wounding or pain that we have perhaps done things that we are not, they're not the way that we want to behave as a mom, as a friend, as a wife, as your child. We're going to confess them. We're going to remember that those things were all covered by Jesus and we're not going to carry shame. Guilt is when we have done something wrong. Shame is when we think we are wrong. And we're going to release that to you, God. We are going to receive your forgiveness. We're going to let that pour over us, remembering that we walk forward in your righteousness, but thankful that we can confess and, and get in alignment with the truth of who uh, you are and how you want us to respond to the people in our life. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to what you want to grow in our hearts, where you are working to refine, 
us, what you want to heal from the past, past wounds, past fears, and that we can move forward in confidence that you are the great healer, that when fear comes, you are our strength. You are our strong tower that we run to. You are our hiding place. I pray, Lord, for each person listening, that you would meet them right where they are, right in this moment, Holy Spirit. We know you are one spirit and that you are present with them. Bring your supernatural healing hand to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to give a shout out to our Summer of Mentorship. Basically, it's a way for our Don't Mom Alone team to take a little bit of a sabbatical and that for six weeks, we republish episodes. So if you are a listener of the show, you don't have to do anything. These episodes will pop up in your podcast player. But if you wanted to have an excuse to get together with a couple friends or virtually get together, the Summer of Mentorship is a great way to do that. It's six weeks of um, episodes and questions you could discuss. And that six weeks begins July 6th and then every week after. And if you want help and support in leading your podcast club, make sure you go to dma.com forward slash join and join our podcast club leaders group on Facebook. In August, we will be back with new episodes. So stay tuned. And I think last week I said there would be an episode from Connected Families this week and I made a mistake. I forgot about Lisa Bevere, but Connected Families, Chad and Stacy from their team, parent coaches, will be on next week to talk about asking questions, less arguing, and more connecting with your kids, which it's a it's a great episode. I loved I loved learning from them and I've already implemented a lot of what I learned. All right. Thanks y'all again for sharing with your friends. I'll meet you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.